What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I am here once again with a brand new episode for you guys and a brand new guest today. I have comedian and fellow podcaster Walker Glenn on the podcast. This was a fun episode. Um, I got to know Walker a little bit more. We talk about his podcast that he does with his brother, Zach, called the Idiotalk Podcast, which you can follow on Instagram at idiotalk.podcast. Uh, we also talk about um, him growing up playing music, things he's done with that, and uh, got how he got to start in comedy, and just a bunch of other things. This is a really fun episode. Um, had a lot of fun laughing a lot in this one. So uh, be sure to follow Walker on Instagram, at WalkerJFGlenn, and uh, hit the links in his bio to learn when he has more shows coming up and uh, things like that as well. And also, if you could do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast on Instagram at I'm Getting There Pod, all one word. I'll make sure to tag Walker and the Idiot Talk podcast when I post this episode. And if you could uh, hit the link in the bio, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, be sure to hit the stars, um, rate the podcast. Also, leave a review if you can. <clears throat> I do appreciate all that feedback. And head over to YouTube as well. I have a lot of uh, YouTube clips up on my channel from the podcast, as well as some of my stand-up clips, too. Uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore uh, Mike Booth, M-I-C-B-O-O-T-H. Um, I also have another podcast that I do. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you can. Links in my bio for that. I do have some shows coming up this weekend at the Excel Public House on Saturday, March 29th, or April 29th, sorry, April 29th. Uh, at 9 p.m., it's the Bricks and Beer Comedy Night, and I have a really good lineup this weekend. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Ivy Vasquez, Shannon Murphy, uh, Cedric Drake, and headliner Xander Beltron. I'll be hosting that one. Also, on Thursday, the 27th, I will be... Um, in San Jose at the LG Cigar Club, and that is with Mean Dave, Nina G, Jeanette, Marin, Alex Torres, and Joe Klosek. And then on Wednesday, um, Sunnyvale people, if you're in the area, if anybody's in the area and wants to come out and support me, I'm in the comedy competition at Rooster Tea Feathers, and I believe that starts at 8 o'clock. So uh, be sure to get tickets for that. Link is in my bio for all those shows coming up this week. I'm also hosting Rosie's. Um, I believe this episode's coming out Monday, so I'm hosting Rosie's tonight. Uh, that's at 8 o'clock, Rosie McCann's in Santa Cruz, so be sure to come through uh, for that show. And uh, this Sunday, I will be, on the 30th, I'll be at the Crow's Nest, hosting the Crow's Nest. Um, I believe that show starts at 8 o'clock. So uh, a lot of comedy for me this week. I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, also, I um, will be posting soon. I have some uh, live shows coming up for my band, the band that I'm in, with my fellow comedian friends, Brian Snyder and Rich Isaac. Uh, our band name is Astrothelma, and we are um, going to be playing in uh, Santa Cruz, Salinas, and uh, possibly the San Jose area as well. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so I'll have you know stuff coming up for that as well. So please follow me on Instagram. Follow the podcast on Instagram. Follow Walker. Go follow his podcast. Go subscribe to all that. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode today. doing this today i was actually listening to your podcast um yesterday i was listening to a couple of the batman episodes oh cool I'm, I'm a huge fan of those movies as well so i was like oh nice like uh it was cool to hear you guys uh hear you guys i was listening to the batman and robin one listening to you guys' take on the on those movies so some of that like the i don't i feel like uh those uh that batman forever and that batman and robin movies don't get enough love sometimes like people kind of you shit think on so them. i think people shit on them 
Uh, and <laughs> like, <laughs> then you must not have enjoyed our Batman and Robin episode. Uh, you guys were well. You guys, I was like, I was like, I was enjoying it because it is funny, but I was also like, man, like I, I'm like I'm one of those people that's like, uh, I, I like I came into it, I guess, like as I was like pretty young when I was watching those, and I like like the the Jim Carrey Riddler's like ingrained into me, like all of his like catchphrases and stuff, and so I'm just like, well, same for me. I mean, I think Jim Carrey's performance does get a lot of love on the Batman Forever episode. I I don't for me as a movie it doesn't work, but I find Batman and Robin pretty charmless, but I do think Jim Carrey <laughs> kind of <laughs> I do think Jim Carrey does kind of carry no pun intended the the movie of Batman totally. Forever. Yeah, so I just wanted to yeah, I wanted to lightly, but you guys like the podcast is pretty cool. Like, was it like how does the idea come for that? Were you guys just like, like let's just like fuck it, let's just do a podcast, or like what, what was the? Well, I mean, yeah. So you know, it's a podcast about Radiohead, and uh, the really the seed of the idea is just that my brother and I, Zach, Zach Glenn, uh, we really wanted to do a podcast together and Radiohead has been such a like long shared obsession and we found ourselves talking about it so much anyway that it's not like we position ourselves as experts on mm -hmm. the topic but yeah we just were like this is a really good in for us to because for me like when I listen to podcasts it helps if it's a topic I'm interested in, but like host chemistry and kind of my level of affinity for the people on it is more important than the topic. Yeah. And so the idea is really wanting to do a podcast with my brother, but the reason it's Radiohead is just because that's something that we talk about all the time anyway. That's like the, initial, the initial thing that you're both and drawn to and you can like pull other things in kind of like what we were exactly. just talking about like right now and yeah exactly Hell and yeah. then batman the the episodes we do about those early batman movies it, it's the same thing i don't know if you listen to the batman 1989 episode but the reason we did that is because my brother we had a vhs copy of mm. the 1989 batman and my brother literally would watch it every single day and so we were like, well, we should talk about this too. And then once we did that, we were like, we, we, we just wanted to be completest about it and do that whole franchise. I love that song from that movie, the Jack Nicholson, like intro where he's dancing in the. Oh uh, yeah. 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 That's um, the party Prince. man by yeah. Prince. That yeah. song rips. Like sometimes Dude, if I'm like trying to get in a vibe, like before a show or something, I'll like put on party man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even i'm not even kidding that's not even like a fucking joke i will literally put on like fucking party man from that movie because it's just so that, like it's good anytime i'm at a show that has uh a music cue if they ever ask what walk-up music i want i always choose soft and wet by prince so mm -hmm. i think prince is really good hype music for a comedy show and i love the Prince, I the Prince Batman album is not one that is necessarily in heavy rotation for me. Like I, I have, uh, I have all his kind of most notable records from the '80s and early '90s, but 
I do love the spirit of the Prince Batman album because he was literally supposed to do one song and then he turned in an album. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he just, that that dude had such a crazy compulsive work ethic that, yeah, they're like, hey, can you do a single for the Batman movie? And he's like, here's an album about Batman, which isn't really about Batman, but <laughs> but is prince's version the vibe that i'm getting yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like like prince recorded an album and then at the end was kind of like i kind of feel like this is about batman (laughs) (laughs) just slapped the logo on it and was like yeah this is this is what you guys want right like this is what you guys asked me for (laughs) it's the strangest most 1989 collaboration too because it's like i don't know like i mean what would the what would the like modern equivalent be if it's just like, hey, like, okay, we want this new Ant Man movie, mm. like, we we need somebody to do a single for this, and then it's like Doja Cat turns in an album that is like an album of music inspired by Ant Man. That would be just <laughs> <laughs> called Doja Ant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting, or like, um, yeah, I was just. Like, yeah, it's uh, I just had it. What were we? The you were saying Ant Man. I was thinking of um. Oh my God, I'm blanking. This is so crazy. I'm sorry, I just blanked. I had I had like another artist I was gonna say, but I just can't think of the fucking name right now. I'll tell you what, I was super relieved that I could pull Doja Cat because when I try to think of like what are the kids listening to, I I have maybe oh, three references you brought it back to me okay i was gonna say uh like bruno mars would be like the, the there you go the yeah that's yeah. a good prince equivalent <laughs> i was like <laughs> i can't believe i blanked so hard i was thinking of like that album he did with anderson pock was it this that you know i'm talking the silk sonic you know what I'm silk, talking about? yeah okay thank you yes i haven't listened to that i i like anderson pock i uh i can appreciate that would have been the level of talent Bruno Mars has, but it, it, I haven't heard anything that's like grab. There's songs I like, and so- that billionaire one annoys the shit mm-hmm. out of me. But yeah, that would be interesting. Like instead of the in that Batman movie they put out with uh, Robert Pattinson, where instead of um, the the Nirvana song, it's just a Silk Sonic like Anderson yeah. Pock. Yeah, it's like it's still he's dark like and everything, brooding in the Batcave, but it's like don't believe it, just watch. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> I I saw that I saw the Batman with a, a a friend, my friend Eric, and um, and I I I had pretty low expectations for that movie. I ended up enjoying it quite a lot, but we saw it in like a packed theater on opening weekend, and the scene where so it you know it shows. Batman as Bruce Wayne get on his motorcycle mm-hmm. and something in the way by Nirvana starts playing and you're instantly kind of like oh okay we're kind of this is kind of an emo Batman that <laughs> yeah. we're dealing with but then it shows him as Bruce Wayne riding around on his motorcycle while that song plays then he's at the Batcave and Alfred comes in and is like excuse me sir and we see Bruce Wayne turn down something in the way so it was this huge reveal that it's like no, he's actually listening to it. Like, this is diegetic use of this song. <laughs> and when it revealed that, me and my friend just, like, 
burst out laughing in the theater <laughs> and nobody else laughed <laughs> at all. Like, <laughs> like 200 people packed into this movie theater and everybody else was like, no, we're taking this deadly seriously. But I thought that was the funniest choice that that movie could have possibly made. Right? It's like, like, no, this is all how of Batman the songs on Nevermind. <laughs> He's listening to the last track. Yes, presumably on repeat because it's like we saw him motorcycle all around Gotham City. <laughs> and I feel it like that's that I that that's probably why I love that movie so much because I'm like this is a Batman that I'm finding myself relating to a lot yeah. more like the amount of times I've like left a comedy show and then you know <laughs> just put on Phoebe that. Bridgers <laughs> that's so oh that's hilarious yeah <laughs> you just you're you're also you're just Instead of a motorcycle, it's like a bird scooter. You're just, <laughs> you're, you have the headphones in. Yeah, exactly. Just like zo- zooming my way to another open mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is. Oh man, yeah. There's some. Yeah, that 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 movie does have like a cheesy element to it. With that, like the like the um, yeah, like the overuse of just the everything being so dark and gloomy, kind of. It is. Yes, but I I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I thought it had somewhat of a self awareness about that. I don't remember the name of the director, and I I know that I looked him up, and I haven't seen his other stuff, so I I can't compare it to like his body of work for what kind of like tone he goes for in his movies. But mm-hmm. I I thought that the new Batman was a nice mix of kind of the I mean, the the Tim Burton Batman's got so much criticism for being way too dark at the time, which is really funny. Yeah, when you when you look it. back at them, because they're dark, but they're pretty silly. Yeah, and then the Nolan ones for me are as much as I did enjoy the Dark Knight at the time. I think that they are way too dark, and it's kind of exhausting. And I thought this new one kind of split the difference mm-hmm. nicely. Where it was dark, but it felt more like a comic book type of dark. Okay, yeah. Which I, I can... not like being like, you have to take this, like it's the most serious thing in the world. It seemed a little more of a like comic book. It's almost book like world a thriller than... type uh, suspense. I felt, yeah. I yeah, could... a thriller and just like, yeah, just not like trying so hard to be gritty. Yeah. Like it just, it just reminded me of kind of like an 80s Batman comic, like a Frank Miller vibe. And I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with um I know the Penguin series is dropping and then they're also like uh I think they're putting out a second movie too. So is it a it, wait, is the Penguin series the Colin Farrell Penguin or is it the Penguin yeah. from that Gotham series or what's it's the, the I think it's the Colin Farrell Penguin. Interesting. And they're doing like a I think they're doing a series. Okay. But yeah, I uh I also wanted to ask you um just I kind of uh, have a few like I noticed your guitar in the background and I see you have like some videos um, that you post sometimes on your social media like have you if do you like uh, was that something that you just ran like when you were a kid like wanted to do or were you have you always played guitar or you just kind of pick it up randomly or uh, I didn't pick it up randomly uh, my dad plays guitar and I have kind of a musical family in general like I- extended family as well so I grew up 
in the church and my parents were the leaders of the worship team okay for a lot of years my mom's a really good singer my dad's a my dad's a really good self-taught guitarist and then i alternately played electric guitar and bass in the church band at different points nice excuse me and yeah and i like had a band when i was a teenager like adolescent uh pretty embarrassingly earnest first we were like pop punk and then we all turned 16 and got dark and then it was kind of like you know like more like angry we uh, my teenage band i was in the same band for like uh probably about like six six or seven years from like third yeah probably from like 13 to 19 and the first half of a of our time together was all like why do, why doesn't the girl i like like me songs and then the second half was all like why won't my parents let me be who i am and like, <laughs> and like we could play but like i was i was the the singer primary singer and lyricist and and i pray that that stuff never surfaces <laughs> or if it does that I have a healthy enough distance from it that I can laugh at it along with everybody else. But there you go. Yeah, I've played guitar since I was like 10. And that was like, I've always needed a lot of attention. And that was the way I was seeking it before getting into stand up was like, I, I really wanted to do something as a as a songwriter and I still play and I still like write a song every now and then. And sometimes I'll post, I've gotten less afraid in the last couple of years of like posting a more earnest one now mm-hmm. and then on social media. Um, but usually I limit it to something that's like a little bit of a mess around or a little bit silly, but I've never, I've never been able to super successfully combine my two pursuits of music and comedy into that's, musical comedy. That's what I was going to ask you. That was my kind of my next question was like, have you ever really taken your guitar up and done like a, a set with like kind of playing along and stuff? I, 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 um, I've definitely like experimented with it at open mics and never really to great effect. And it's never been like a thing that I like want to do more than stand-up comedy like Mm -hmm. i i really do like the you know the like simplicity of standing up there and talking and doing your jokes but it's also like i love playing guitar and if i could find a way to incorporate that in a way that actually enhance the comedy aspect i wouldn't be opposed to it but it's just never it's just never seemed to work better than just doing jokes I will say I just contradict myself because um, this is something I'm proud of that not a lot of people have heard for a couple years from like 2019 to 2021. I was in a comedy band actually. Oh, nice. Um, this actually he's come up twice already. My, the same friend who I saw Batman with Eric Krasner uh, started a comedy punk band called the ODs and he I and that was really fun for me because that was the first time I've been in a band where I was just playing guitar mm-hmm. and I wasn't writing any of the songs and he wrote we would basically do all these different like punk band personas so we did an EP 
called uh, the as the overdosages, and it was called it's the overdosages overdosages in it, and that was all like Sex Pistols style, okay. like Brit punk songs. Where nice, but Eric is what what's so brilliant about Eric is he's an incredibly brainy guy. So we would be doing all these like, you know, 1970s style British protest punk songs. But he has like an encyclopedic understanding of parliamentary politics. So they'd be so we had a song called like, I don't agree with Margaret Thatcher's policies. <laughs> but then and it's like this super hard, thrashy, like fast, loud song. But then the lyrics are all these like incredibly specific references to actual <laughs> Margaret Thatcher policies. So it's like, you know, like. Her conduct in Northern Ireland is yeah. reprehensible. <laughs> Privatizing the railways was a myopic decision. Like all, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then we cut a full length album of just kind of all the different stuff we did. And uh, so I'll just plug those because, like I said, uh, I I I know that some, the people who heard them enjoyed it, but that was in the dozens. So mm -hmm. uh, both those are on overdosages.bandcamp.com. And I played lead guitar in that. And that was um, incredibly fun. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of that project. So I guess I, I guess I have done comedy music, but Eric was the one who wrote all the jokes and okay. the songs. Nice. And I got to, you know, throw a, throw a face melter or two. On <laughs> Hell <them>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I'm curious, like, where does comedy fit in? Like, where, like, when do you start? Because you said you were, like, playing music uh, and kind of in the church, and you're playing in your band. Like, you're singing, you're in front of people, you're doing that. Like, where? when do you kind of go, I want to do, like, stand-up? Well, yeah, like I said, I think I've always had, like, a lot of hubris and kind of, like, a uh, tendency to earnestly put myself in front of people in a way that, you know, has consistently resulted in, like, every three years looking back on what I was doing and just being like, oh, fuck, I can't <laughs> believe I did this in front of everybody. Um, but uh, comedy, I think, like, most people I've talked to who have done it, I, I was talking myself into it for a couple years before I, you know, ever got on a stage and did it. I mean, that was always this that was always the scariest thing to me because I, because I'd been around people playing music like my whole life and stuff, even though now I feel like that is kind of, that feels like a much more vulnerable act to me getting up and playing like a serious song in front of people. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I had been like putting what I thought were jokes into my phone for a couple years from like maybe 2011 to 2013 and then uh my partner at the time was pregnant i was about to become a dad and that was kind of the final push of like i i need to try this thing before my life really changes and i feel like i'll just have an excuse to never try it mm. and the first time i got on stage was uh, at an open mic at the Stork Club in Oakland. And uh, it set a really insane standard for, like, how cool open mics were. Like, it, 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 I, I really lucked out because 
that mic was run by a comedian named OJ Patterson who cultivated like a real audience for the mic. And it was like this dingy little punk club that had low lighting and tables and an actual audience. And so it gave me the kind of, you know, encouragement to like keep going, even though pretty soon after that, I did more open mics and started bombing my ass off. And, but just the fact that the first time was in an environment where it didn't go terrible was enough but i mean i i loved it my whole life and always always was like pretty performative and always thought that was like a dream gig but i didn't really have an understanding of how people did that and i think like kind of pretty late into young adulthood still kind of had this idea that people just went on stage and like made all that shit up Mm-hmm. You know, that you had to just be so funny and so confident that you could just walk out and, and do an hour. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time before I kind of figured out like that there was these things called open mics and and people honed their craft and, you know, meet people and start doing shows and all that. But, yeah, that's how I got started. Yeah. And I saw that you like ran, ran a couple shows and like uh, I. uh there's like a. Did you ever go to like the brainwash? Were you around? In, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The second the second time I ever got on stage was at the brainwash in San Francisco. Uh, do you, have you talked about the brainwash to your audience? Um, well, people have. I've I've never been there. You know, people uh, other comics I've had on have had good stories about about that place, and so I just was was curious if you have any like uh, crazy or interesting times from there. Do I have any brainwash stories? I mean, I'm not sure. It was a it was a laundromat slash cafe. And I mean, I definitely like bombed a lot there. Definitely like performed to two people many times there. Um, I think like my earliest kind of like hell gig experience or just like crazy bomb experience was like somewhere in my first year one of the first times I got booked was at an all male burlesque show in Oakland. That was like this like warehouse party basically. And you know, you know how, when you're really new, how it's like, you might have like, you might have like five minutes or whatever, but you have no ability to, you don't have any sort of like wealth of material and you have no ability to like pivot Mm-hmm. If you're like five minutes is not working. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's like, hopefully, yeah. right. So it's just like, you can get up and do okay. If it's like, you're in the perfect environment to like recite your five or 10 minutes. But if it's not that kind of environment, you're just trying to shout that same five minutes over <laughs> an audience that doesn't give a fuck what you're doing. Yeah. And it was like that where it was like, there was no business having stand-up comedy on this show in the first place. It was a <laughs> huge crowd of rowdy, drunk, horny people. And I've since performed like uh, in strip or burlesque environments, and it's never gone well. It's less painful now that I have the ability to kind of like lean in to how bad it is or (laughs) talk to the audience or something like that. But I've never seen that be a good environment for comedy. 
It doesn't because <laughs> you said it was, like does it sound like when you said it at first I'm like I don't know what I would do uh, like on stage I would I would just yeah like I would try to do what you just said and then I what would ha- what you described what would ha- would happen to me I would try to do my material it would not work I would be like uh, and I wouldn't know how to really <laughs> yeah this audience I'd be like, and I just okay. want to say to anybody who like owns a strip club or like or books. Uh, entertainment at strip clubs like stop putting comedy on your shows like it is like comedy is great it is less entertaining than naked women all the time (laughs) and like nobody myself included has ever gone into established an establishment hoping to see naked women and then been pleased to hear me get up there and like talk about my witty observations about parenting like that's just never it's never gonna work. <laughs> yeah. But at this at this all male burlesque show, it was um just like just total chaos. Walked out, started doing whatever bullshit material I had at the time, and people were yelling for me to like take my dick out and just like and I don't remember how I handled it except that I didn't have an ability to handle it well that was one of the worst you didn't take your dick out obviously I did not take my dick out (laughs) honestly at this point I might that like I might be more I might have more (laughs) of an instinct to do that now than then okay I don't know if that would be the move, but I like, I feel more open to it. it. I think so. I think (laughs) it would at least cross my mind as like, this could be funnier than what I'm doing, you know, but I don't know. There's like, there's like not a great association with comics taking their dicks out in environments that aren't meant for that in this day and age. And I think that's good. I think it's good that the, the industry is starting to try to create a new standard about when that's appropriate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I agree with you on that. So yeah. So maybe not, maybe, maybe that's still a bad instinct. What you could say is that you're more receptive to trying to please the audience in that environment. (laughs) Yes, and I guess I guess what I'm more receptive to is the idea that I'm not going to get through my material here. So what are we going to do instead? I think if it and if I and if I'm going to consider taking my dick out, I would want to get like informed consent from everyone in the audience that that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, no worries. No, I, I was uh, I was on Twitter this morning, just kind of looking at like current event stuff, trying to find stuff to talk about. And I noticed that uh, I don't know if this is exactly brand new, but uh, NYPD is like announcing like a fleet. I think they have had these, but it's like the kind of like the security robots on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the robot dogs. And like the, it's kind of wild. Like I was. Like as I saw that Terminator was trending, and I was like, "Why is Terminator trending?" And then it was just all of this video of these like kind of just roaming around. And uh, I know I think I think they've like implemented them in other areas too. I don't know if they, I don't know if oh, that's so. great. That's just like a really positive omen about where society is headed. I think I think that you know the biggest problem with policing is that they don't seem to have access to enough high tech weaponry. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and just for anyone listening to your podcast that, you know, is meeting me for the first time, I am being sarcastic in case that is not clear. Um, yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I was like, I would, it freaked me out. Like, I don't, I've seen those videos of like those AI robots that can kind of walk through those and like run through those obstacle courses and like jump on things mm-hmm. and kind of like move. And it just looks so, it doesn't look real like in the video. And I don't know how I'd feel about seeing it in person. Have you ever seen anything like that? I haven't seen any of them in person, but I've just seen them in video and they do ha- they do seem to have like really subtle and precise movements like they look really advanced but they also do move in this like kind of uncanny valley type of way yeah now here's what i don't understand michael is i because i've seen this story too and like just as a rule you know i think that the what we should be doing is retraining and like de-weaponizing our cops right to like de-escalate the tensions between like policed communities and the police yes. and like you know yeah so i and you know there's there's a term people use for that which is called defund which i am in favor of so this is always bad news as far as i'm concerned but what i'm not clear on is what these robot dogs do i know it can't be good but what the hell do these things do like what is their alleged purpose i'm from what i can kind of tell which is just in the video and what they're saying it's like you know they kind of just are observing and i think alerting and and which is just like that's you know that's annoying that's like i grew up with uh my my mom like this had this car insurance uh agent come over to the house one day and he started describing uh how I, they could put this motion detecting camera under my rearview mirror in my car to save money on insurance, and it'll like if I if I don't set it off a certain number of times, I'll get a discount. And it was so I remember getting this put in my car when I'm 16 when I'm first learning how to drive, and it's like if you can't you can't make any sudden movements, turns or bumps or like hit anything, or I'll send this like recording of what you're doing to your parents' email. And I remember having right. that and being like, what the fuck? Like, and I just like. And so thinking of that, like thinking of something like similar to that, like being around on the street all the time, just like watching you. And if like you do something shady or if something ha- or if, like, you know, you, uh, you know, cause like uh, or if you're allowed, like your friend and you get into an argument or something, you know, over some bullshit and you're kind of like yelling at your buddy. And then it like alerts the, you know, the police to come and like see what's happening. And then you have to all of a sudden, you know, talk to the police, which could lead to other things. That's kind of like a scary, you know. Sure. And like people end up having to talk to the police for far less than rowdy behavior of any kind. And like, you know, the like I know that facial recognition technology Mm. is all is already rife with a lot of the problems that policing already is, which is that uh, it doesn't differentiate well between non-white faces. So already this issue of like, you know, a quote unquote description going out of like you know black man in his early 20s between mm-hmm. five foot five and six eleven you know what i mean like these already these very like broad yeah. and vague descriptions this new technology doesn't it seem to me even even help clarify those things so it it sounds just like a 
new advanced way to continue the same <laughs> injustice. <laughs> yeah. The same injustice that my that my mom and stepdad put onto me when I was sixteen in my car. That's yeah. that's rough. Did you did you do something that like invited that level of scrutiny? That or was they just, just like, the initial <laughs> off rip, like you get a car, <laughs> this thing's going into it right away. You like, your childhood was like minority report and your parents are Tom Cruise. <laughs> They're just like, We know he we know he's thinking about doing some sort of crime. Let's just cut this thing off at the pass. Yeah. And there was a there was like a and I used to I did I would just come home to a, a video recording of me and my mom's email and it's just me going, fuck because I could see the uh-huh. <laughs> I could see the light turn on that it's recording because I hit a speed bump too hard or something. Sure. And she's like, what were you doing? And I'm like, in the parking lot at a safe way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was... <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, seeing these, seeing these, like, images of these, like, there's, like, the dog one, like you're describing, and then there's kind of, like, this one that just looks like a... Uh, one that looks like a... kind of just like a... I don't know, like a mailbox almost, just like on wheels. Looks like it's that straight out of Star Wars. I I think I saw one of those in Los Angeles last year. Oh, no way. And I don't know what it was doing. Well, it didn't have any like police logos on it or anything. So I don't know if it was a a police thing, but it was just zipping around. Just just a DoorDash robot. robot or something. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, it's not true that if you ask a cop if they're a cop that they have to tell you. So I don't know that cop robots have to advertise. That's either. dude. <laughs> you just opened a new. <laughs> just right? Are there undercover worms. robot cops out there? <laughs> just... Just, are you a cop? And it's no, and it just yeah. keeps like it's just dragging somebody in cuffs. And you're like, yeah, you but even the robot? robot cop isn't good at lying. It's like, um. No. <laughs> it's like, wow, you think they would program these things to be more emphatic. It's like, give me your badge number. And he's like, it's painted on me. Like, yeah. <laughs> Stop resisting. Stop resisting. <laughs> it's just slowly That's so scary. you down you the get street. Cornered by, you get cornered by like four of those robots. They're just like. <laughs> I mean, dude, where? Oh, I mean. That does that does not sound like a far fetched future at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my this is my call to action for <laughs> so strip club owners stop booking comedians and anybody working in artificial intelligence please quit your job. You're you're obviously like a talented Dude. smart person. Yeah, do something else, please. <laughs> yeah, I just saw this. Uh, I just saw this other thing AI related that was because there's. They, the ability to like take somebody's voice and then put it over anything, basically. Oh, There's sure. A, there was episode one of the Joe Rogan AI experience. Oh, is that that one where he's talking to Ben Shapiro? Um, no. So those are just, I think those are the, some of the clips. But there's like an actual like podcast episode that's just an AI conversation between somebody and like an AI Joe Rogan. Okay. And I think they're trying to just do like an AI Joe Rogan experience, like where it's just, they just talk to AI Joe, which is kind of, uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's weird. I also saw like, um, there's, uh, I don't think you probably know who this is, but there's this uh, artist, her name is Ice Spice, and she has this popular song out right now. Buddy. 
What? They've taken that bunch I follow of... Ice Spice on Instagram. I'm okay. Not, Why did, well, earlier you were like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> earlier we were talking about like Doja Cat and shit, so I, and, I, you're, and you're like, I'm glad I pulled that one out, so I didn't know if you're... The things so, sorry that get that. across my radar are, are random, but I heard her song Munch and was like, this is great, and then followed her on so Instagram. Speak, so this is the song that I'm talking about. They... There's a Kanye West version of it. There's a Drake version of it. Okay. There's a few other rappers, and it sounds really close. Like I was listening to them mm-hmm. and being like, "This is kind of funny." Also, like you can just you can just make a, a you can just I think what the guy was using you can just make a like any song a Drake song now or any song a Kanye song or any song a whoever else you have enough audio of. I I mean that's interesting. I do think that our jobs are safe because i have heard on a couple other podcasts that i listen to them use ai i listen to this podcast called double threat Mm. and the two hosts did an episode where they fed an ai a bunch of hours of their podcast and it spit out a script and then they read the script and it definitely under it definitely absorbed like some of their reference points and topics, but it did not have a human quality in mm-hmm. terms of conversation or joke telling. So for the time, I think I think that podcasters and comedians are There's... safe. But once these things get funny, we're we're totally fucked. <laughs> Man, I just wonder like how how like AI in the music industry is gonna affect like just like they're they were talking about that this one company has this like uh, AI bot they've just been feeding like over like four hundred thousand hours of music to, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna be able to just like type a description into it and it's gonna be able to kick you back like a whole bunch of like music based around just like a slight description like it's just will be music that it creates for itself. Yeah, I like, mean, whoa, but like again kinda... though, dude. Like, I mean, I might be old. I mean, I am old, but I, but you know, I know who Ice Spice is, so so I'm doing okay. <laughs> but like, who's gonna want to watch that at Coachella? You know, like, True. like I don't know. I just went to a concert the other night. I saw this band, Screaming Females, three piece, you know, guitar rock band, in a in a tiny club in San Francisco, and. Are those things going the way of the dinosaur compared to, you know, how available that form of live entertainment was in the 90s? Maybe, but there's still, like, clearly a hunger for it. And there's a lot of people a lot younger than me at that show. And I'm sure that, like, an AI can spit out recorded music that may sound indistinguishable from some things but it just seems to me that like that live experience at the very least when are they going to be able to replicate that i yeah. i don't know you, yeah, maybe think, they'll play this back in a hundred years and be like look at these idiots <laughs> <laughs> but i think where it's really gonna like because i i agree with you on that like i i love going to seeing live shows and i love like watching a band play um and i think that is like never going to go away but i think like the ai is mainly going to affect like the people that are like creating like electronic music and doing that kind of stuff and i think that their ability to create something versus somebody's ability to just get it from ai and use it as like a like and then do something to it to like basically sample it i wonder like what that's going to do to those people that are trying to like 
that spend hours trying to create unique stuff and it just is like is it is it useless now to just like it will get so good that that becomes you know useless and then it's like that whole genre of music kind of just becomes like ai just becomes the best dj like you know what i mean here's a genuine question i but i don't understand why do why do people want this to exist? I like I don't understand who I this don't understand helps. either. Like, oh, I want to know that the music I got was created by software or an algorithm instead of a person. I don't understand. The people who make music want to keep making making music. The people who don't make music but want to listen to it, it doesn't seem to me to be more convenient for them to get it from an AI. I this see the whole of AI technology to me seems to only be something that is being done because we can. Yeah. And it's like these people didn't watch Jurassic Park and learn that just because you can do something doesn't mean you mm -hmm. should. I guess that's why I'm bringing it up because it's like, you know, I I'm not necessarily like uh like I I yeah I like I'm just wondering, like, what, yeah, kind of, um, you know, if you can see how fast it can, like, with art, like, what we, like, in the past few months or whatever, we've watched mm -hmm. on the internet, you know, the ability to just to take, like, somebody's aesthetic, artistic aesthetic, and create, like, your own, um, like, version of whatever they, you know, could make. Sure. Uh, like, with certain things, I don't understand what the, yeah, like you said, what the benefit is. And then, yeah, also, like we were talking earlier with these dogs and these robots and stuff. It's just, I, yeah, I was thinking about this morning. I was just like sitting there after I smoked a little bit and was like, shit, like, <laughs> like what's going to happen? Cause this is just like the, you know, we're like in like the, what is it? Like the toddler stage of AI right now. Right. Kind of. And then you're like, if it can already do, if it already feels like it can just do everything better. <laughs> it's like, what's it, what's it going to, what's going to happen? And yeah, like, 10 years when like everything you interact with outside of a human like at the store all the kiosks and everything is just an ai like person and like it's a, just a like a everything's just like a bot essentially you just you just tapped into it that is that is the benefit because i feel like every technology that is developed and then you know released on the public that there's like a user-friendly form of it's all created to just atomize us further and further to the point that eventually you'll never have to interact with another human being and mm -hmm. i think that's bad and sucks yeah <laughs> yeah i i mean it's just become clearer and clearer to me though that like every generation of people there there's going to be a section of them decrying technological progress and then later they laugh at those people and i am going to be one of those people because i like i you know it's not like there are no benefits it's cool that we're able to have this conversation you know while being in two different cities and that mm -hmm. people are able to listen to it and hopefully enjoy it but I don't know, man. I, I feel like that's a it's got a heavy price tag for the fact that we're afraid to look another person in the eyes while we order food from them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's dude. coming at a cost. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, you order online and then you get there and you it's like you still have to do that human exchange and you're like, like I already can I just can it just be on the little like shelf yeah. where it says mobile pickup and I could just go grab it, you know? Right. Can I just not have to think about the sub living wage that this food deliverer is making? And, you know, the fact that I just paid a some sort of fifteen dollar fee oh, dude. on yeah. the taco that I ordered. <laughs> Something I, that would be three dollars if I went down the street. Yeah, I do I do like DoorDash as just kinda like a like a side hustle thing and like sometimes um i will be like it'll say no contact <laughs> but i won't know where the because they, they're the directions like where i get like i look at the house number and i can't see it anywhere i don't know which one it is you know and so i'm on the street and i'm like it says do not contact but like man i really i really have to <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I'll, I'll like send the message and the message won't get, you know, be a couple minutes. And I'm like, oh, I got to call them. And it's like, like, they want this food and I want to give it to them, you know. But it's like, we <laughs> we both don't want to talk to each other. <laughs> like, and, so, and I have to just, I'm like, hello. And then they, they're like, yeah, just, you know, just just leave it outside the door. Like, they don't even want to greet me. And after we just talked on the right. phone, I'm like, you right. don't even want to come and see me and say thank you. <laughs> it's like Silence of the Lambs where they're like lowering a bucket down into the pit. <laughs> and you're putting their DoorDash order in. It puts the DoorDash in the basket. <laughs> yeah. It leaves me a five star review. <laughs> yeah, it adds a tip. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Just the bucket is just the red bag that I have for the yeah. fucking orders. <laughs> it doesn't contact. Yeah. It doesn't contact the customer, or else it gets the hose again. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, and it's just like cold Taco Bell in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, the Yeah, man, fucking. Oh. I love I have this one guy though that I don't know how I always end up getting him. I've talked about him before, but it, I do end up occasionally like he just he hit DoorDash is his lane and he he's just like one of the only people in the area I think that consistently DoorDashes and his name is Jack. Okay. And I, I like know where I kind of almost can just drive to his house from memory now. Wow. Like, okay. <laughs> but he'll like he'll order the same stuff from Jack in the Box. I'll see it too. I'll see his name, and I'm like, oh, okay. it's the same guy. And then I see the address, and I'm like, hell yeah. But like, do you think it's yeah, Jack yeah. from the commercials? Is it? Have you ever seen? I, it, dude, I think it. He there's a Tesla in the in the in the driveway. And okay. So, like, <laughs> so he's be, doing it. He's connected. <laughs> <laughs> there's just that's the when you were talking about this right now that was the the image of a person was him like lowering the thing just because i always am like this guy is just like i'm basically his like he could just honestly text me at this point you know i should just get his number <laughs> he'd probably pay yeah, cut probably, out the middleman yeah like just take the cash you know yeah <laughs> like i'll i'll go pay just give me cash tell me what you want i'll go and i'll bring you back you know <laughs> Well, you know, I think that is a thing people do with uh, Uber and Lyft is sometimes they'll pick somebody up and then the customer and the driver will agree to turn off the app and just work it out amongst themselves. And the the customer saves money and the, you know, driver 
gets more money because they mm-hmm. cut out the percentages that Lyft and Uber take, which I totally support people. Uh, uh, I totally support people working around Lyft and Uber, but it's also just like unfortunate that customers and drivers then have to put them in the, themselves in this situation to save a little money yeah. where they now have no uh, recourse to kind of protect them. It like removes all the accountability, which mm-hmm. is already a huge, which is Uber and Lyft are not great about anyway, but I've driven for Lyft before and I didn't know about that hack. I probably would have done it, but I also would probably feel kind of sketched out if I got in a lift and, they, and the driver was just like, Hey, you mind if I turn this off and, and we're just fucking out here like stranger, but you know, yeah. I, mean, I wonder I what see... the process is of them, like a customer and Lyft, like feeling each other out on that. It feels like kind of like trying to buy Coke at a bar or something. Like you're like a lot of shifty eye movement. Like he's just, just a... like, you cool. The, the Uber driver's just a, a drug dealer, but it's his his car is the de- is the drug. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, you like this? You like that yeah. back seat, dude? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you party? Yeah. We can, you know, I could. Uh... You know, we could turn this off. We could do this a different, you know, I could take you to the, the back room, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, the car's got a champagne room. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny just to be a, a Lyft driver and have, like, 10 people's phone number that just, they just hit you up for rides, like, randomly. Yeah. You, know, you just have, like, a Rolodex of people that are like, yo, can you just take me to, are you free right now? Can you just take me over to, you know, this spot? That would be kind of an interesting way to do that, to just build like your own network of people instead of using Lyft. Well, I think that's an old school side hustle. I think that's, I think that's what we, I, and I, and I apologize if uh, there's any chance that this is a outdated or offensive phrase, but I think that's called running, running a gypsy cab. And I think that that is like how people used to do it okay. when the cab companies had a monopoly on mm. You know, it's like just the driver service. has like a certain list of people that he it makes sense you know it's yeah. like everybody has like a yeah like you're yeah it's like all right you're it's like a regular out of place you know you eventually just because like you like sometimes they'll just yeah they already have it ready for you or something you know like that's always a nice something feeling. like that yeah it's just like yeah i know a guy and he gives rides and you know it's cheaper than a cab and he's not paying to you but you know i'm sure it's one of those things where in a pre-lift world if you're operating without a cab driver's license you know you probably probably get in a lot of trouble but what is the yeah i guess yeah you'd have to like somebody reports you you know like what's the what are you getting What's the trouble there, so. right? It's like yeah. somebody just paid me to drive down the street. I don't. What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we we need to bring back like old school, like side hustle, like having a guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Nobody having has a guy, a guy cool. anymore. <laughs> yeah, nobody has a guy. Yeah, that's true. I, I, like that's what we need to bring back is like I know a guy. Yeah, but that's like really like that's like pre ubiquitous internet shit is mm-hmm. is like now nobody needs a guy now everybody knows all the guys yeah yeah true <laughs> if you say you know a guy they're like 
cool. I have yeah. an app on my phone. Okay. Right. Like <laughs> it's called I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but there's they took all the vowels out. <laughs> like uh like do you have any change? It's like, no, I know a guy. It's like, no, I'll Venmo you. Like I don't you don't need to go yeah. get your <laughs> your buddy that just carries cash. <laughs> Right. Venmo is a perfect example of like what we lost, man, because it's like now there's no, you know, now it's like you do a drug deal with somebody and and it's public for the world to see. But, oh, I put a I put a snowflake emoji here. So nobody knows what's up. We know what's up. Your nose and snowflake emoji are telling a a clearer story than you think the the leaf and the fire of it which yeah we know what you're doing yeah oh but it's a maple leaf we know what it's substituting <laughs> oh man oh dude this has been fun dude uh thanks, thanks for, for having me man yeah this was a good time um where can people follow you where can people check out your podcast all that oh stuff. yeah for sure um so yeah uh if you want to follow me for stand-up comedy shows um in and around the bay area you can go to walkerglen.com that's glenn with two n's you can follow me on instagram that's walker jf glenn at walker jf glenn post clips occasionally um and i would love people to listen to my podcast it's called idiotalk it's on all the places that you find podcasts and it's my brother and I, and we talk about the music of Radiohead, the Batman movies, and a lot of other stuff, too. That's really just a way in for uh, me to catch up with somebody on a weekly basis that I love talking to. And, yeah, I guess that's it. And if you uh, live in the Bay Area, like I said, find a show, come out and see me. And if you live outside the Bay Area, I'd love to come play in your town, too. Just, like, let me know. Let me know where to go. Hell yeah, dude. Well, yeah, uh, thanks again for doing this and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Of course. uh, Thanks for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.